Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It is November 30th, 2023. Let's talk boxing, but first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let me just make a few points here. I think there are some huge opportunities, and I mean big opportunities, on this Devin Haney Regis Progray fight that's going to happen at the Chase Center, where the Golden State Warriors play in San Francisco. Now, let me just give a brief word here about the Bay Area, right? In recognition of the fact that Devin Haney was raised in the East Bay, in Oakland, right? Well, let's talk about the uh, Bay Area for a moment. This weekend, I'm going to go to my favorite sports bar for the moment, right? I'm going to go there. And I'm going to have to get there, let's say, 90 minutes early to get a seat because the San Francisco 49ers are going to try to avenge their loss in the playoffs. And folks, they got blown out uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly, right? So just understand, this game is a long time coming. Fans are going to be out in force. I'm expecting to see some vintage Niner jerseys, right? Not just uh, Brock Purdy and uh, Christian McCaffrey jersey, but I'm talking about Montana, Rice, Ronnie Lott, right? John Brody, if you want to go way back. Now, what I need for folks to understand is that the Bay Area, don't think of it as San Francisco. Think of it as San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, Concord, Richmond, Hayward, San Leandro. Let me not neglect the South Bay, right? Uh, well, Marin County, North Bay, uh, Santa Clara County, Palo Alto, Mountain View, uh, San Mateo, Redwood City. Just understand, the Bay Area is a sports haven, right? Out here, athletes are worshipped and recognized. Just understand, the heroes right now are from the NFL. They're from Major League Baseball. They're from the NBA, right? People know Brock Purdy. They know Nick Bosa. They know Debo Samuels, right? You want to go back, history is heavy on people like Montana, Rice, Plunkett, Upshaw, Shell. Let's talk about homegrown. Marshawn Lynch, right? In baseball, understand, everyone here knows about Willie McCovey, that Frank Robinson is from the Bay Area, right? Of course, Willie Mays, Tim Lincecum, Bobby, and Barry Bonds, right? This is an area where when you say Bonds, arguably baseball's best hitter, the person you're talking to is going to say, which Bonds? In basketball, of course. Everyone knows not just about the Warriors, but about the fact that Bill Russell and Casey Jones played at USF, are from the Bay Area, 
and are sociologically two of the most important people in NBA history, right? And of course, there is Jason Kidd. I know Jason Kidd played for the Nets. Jason Kidd played for the Mavericks. Folks, Jason Kidd also played for Cal Berkeley, right? Aaron Rodgers' alma mater, right? And before we get too carried away on Rodgers and Steve Barkowski attending Cal Berkeley, understand Plunkett, John Elway attended Stanford University, another Bay Area school. You know, Sarah High, Barry Bonds' high school, had Lynn Swan go to the school. And before we call Lynn Swan the best football player out of that high school, understand Tom Brady also went to that high school. In other words, folks, the Bay Area is loaded with sports fans who love sports, who are passionate about sports. But, and I mean this, but that has not translated to professional boxing, right? The Bay Area has had a heavyweight champ. James Corbett is from the Bay Area, right? Andre Ward, the Bay Area had a pound for pound champ, Olympic gold medalist, right? Nanito Denaire, future boxing hall of famer. He spent time in San Leandro. He's from the Bay Area. They've had the fighters. They just don't have that New York City, that Philadelphia, that East Los Angeles boxing culture. So understand, Devin Haney is from the Bay Area, and this fight is going to be happening at Chase Center, one of the Bay Area's premier sports venues. But this is not Canelo in Las Vegas. Folks, this is not Anthony Joshua at the O2. I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if this matchup, where Devin Haney is trying to take Regis Prograis' 140-pound title, I'll be surprised if they pull 10,000 people for the fight. Hell, I'll be surprised if they pull 7,000 people for the fight. Just to understand, you know, if they have a lot of people in the seats, you need to think about the amount of people who've been comped, right? I'm hoping the event is a big success. But just to understand, my sports bar without any advertising is going to have people waiting in the parking lot. I'm not kidding. Right? Folks are going to be waiting in the parking lot. You're going to be sitting there thinking, man, I've got to use the bathroom. Then you're going to be looking around and you're going to be thinking, man, if I get up, is somebody going to try to steal my seat? Right? Boxing is not that way here. Devin Haney is not going to be having a huge home arena advantage. I know the fight is technically in Devin Haney's backyard, right? But let's just say Joe Montana probably draws a bigger crowd in the Bay Area. Certainly Willie Mays does. Then Devin Haney will for this fight. Right? It's just a cultural thing. 
The Bay Area is huge on sports, right? Big game. You're going to have that arena packed, right? Stanford Berkeley, right? Stanford Cal. You're going to have that game packed. That's what the big game is all about, right? Bay Area people will stand up and cheer at a baseball old-timers game, right? You know, Will Clark will show up. He could run for mayor and get votes. But boxing is different here. Be aware of the fact that Devin Haney is not going to have a huge home field advantage. Now, somehow, people have forgotten, certainly the bookies here, have forgotten about the idea of possession. Right? Understand, folks, the champ coming into this fight is Regis Progray. Right? You're going to have to take his title. This to me is like baseball, where they tell you ties go to the runner. Right? You can't tie. You have to win. I would argue you need to clearly win. If it's a photo finish, if we're looking at it and saying, who hit the tape first? The no, no, that doesn't work in boxing. If you're going to be champion with credibility, you need to win the championship. Right now, understand, that works when you have a punch. When you're a Mike Tyson, right? When you're a, you know, Jili Zhang and can knock a guy out when you're a David Benavides, right? There's no question on who won that Benavides-Andre fight. Right? When you're knocking men down, when you're dominating, when the other corner waves the towel, says, hey, that's it. We're done. My guy's not coming out for the seventh round. Right? Even the guys in that guy's corner are going to say, hey, the other guy's the champion. Folks, that's what it takes. Now, Devin Haney has been the champ at 135 pounds. By the way, as we predicted, just looking at Haney at weigh-ins, where he had no pounds to spare, Devin Haney is not going to fight at 135 ever again. He's just given up his belts at 135. Right? He's growing. He's a grown man. Right? He's too big, quite frankly, for 135. He would have to dehydrate himself to get to 135. So let's get accustomed to Devin Haney at 140. Understand that doesn't give fighters at 135 an opportunity to avoid him. First of all, Gervonta Davis used to be the champ at 140. He wants us to forget that as he's forcing guys like Ryan Garcia to lose weight to fight him at 136. Right? But understand, if you want Haney against Gervonta Davis, that fight should take place at 140. Right? Understand. You don't have to gain weight to fight a guy in his weight class. Right? Shakur Stevenson, first off, 
Shakur Stevenson lost his 130-pound title because he couldn't drain himself to get to 130. Understand, he lost that belt on the scale. Right now, Shakur Stevenson's 135. I don't want to hear, hey, the guys at 140 are too big for me. If you're a fighter relying on speed, combinations, accuracy, like Shakur Stevenson, why do you have to gain weight to fight a guy at 140? Stevenson's not a puncher at 135. What's the five extra pounds going to do? Give him punching power? Look, player, we understand you're getting by on elusiveness. You're getting by on your boxing skills, timing. Right? You don't have to gain weight to fight at 140, especially when you couldn't drain down to 130. Well, let me say this. So here you have a slugger. Regis Prograde, to me, is one of the hardest punchers in the sport pound for pound. Folks, he carries a big punch. And you're going to try to take his title. Let me get this right. You're Devin Haney. And you're going to try to take his title on your back foot. Folks, could you imagine fighting Mike Tyson when Tyson was the heavyweight champ and trying to take his title on your back foot? You better look like Ali looked against Sonny Liston. This better be the kind of fight where while you're on your back foot, moving away from pro gray, you land some shots and you drop the brother. So then people who are rooting for pro gray can say, well, our guy hit the canvas. You know, why our guy's having problems here. Right, understand, if you're on your back foot trying to take the title of the guy in possession of the title, who's a front foot heavy fighter with the bigger punch, you're going to have to outbox him, I would say, by more than one round. Right, I understand there's a crowd out there that's going to say, hey, if you win by a hundredth of a second over Usain Bolt, you've won the race. Folks, that's not the way boxing works. There's an entire culture out there, an entire group of people who believe to be the champ, you've got to beat the champ. If the fight is close, if the fight is too close, Photo finishes don't matter. Folks, talk to people my age about that Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler fight. Right? The Hagler side of the aisle is saying, hey, come on, our guy ends that fight without a cut on him. Ray's running the whole fight. How could they award that fight to Ray? Folks, that argument is still alive decades after that 1980s fight. So understand. And let me, let me say something that young people might not know. Devin Haney is not remotely as popular as Ray Leonard was when he fought Marvin Hagler. Right? You understand. Life's unfair. 
some fighters are just loved. Ray Leonard was loved. We're still arguing today over whether Ray Leonard won that fight, just like we're arguing today over whether Devin Haney beat Lomachenko. So now you have a situation where a guy on his back foot who's going to need a decision to take Regis Progray's title is going off as a favorite, a big favorite. I don't understand it. Folks, this forum is two-way. I hope some of you are getting information from me. Understand, I need information from you. How is Regis Progre an underdog in this fight to defend his title against a guy who's not a threat to knock him out? Right? Folks, I love Devin Haney. I think Haney's doing things the right way. Right? Haney went to Australia to fight the champ who was in Australia. In other words, no excuses. You want the title, you have to go get it. If it takes traveling halfway around the world, if I have to fight the guy twice, if I want the title, that's what I'm going to have to do. That's what Devin Haney did. Right? I think Devin Haney beat Lomachenko, but I'll agree. I'll agree. That was close. Right? That was close. Let's also recognize, too, the age gap. Right? I'll say Loma did better for a guy in his mid-30s than Haney did for a guy in his mid-20s. Right? The old man certainly pushed the young champ, didn't he? Right? Like my cat is pushing me right now in this video. Well, let me say there is a great article, great article, this morning on BoxingNews24.com. And they spell it out. Right? They tell you, if I could pull it up here, they tell you the flaws of both Progray and Haney. And understand the author here is blunt. Here's what the author claims are Haney's possible flaws. Fragile chin. Right, folks? I want you to re-watch the moment in the Jorge Linares fight where Linares lands on Haney. The round ends. Don't go by Haney's face. Go by Haney's legs. Haney walks to his corner. Folks, he's unsteady. Let me repeat that. He's unsteady. Right? Fragile chin. No power. Over-aggressive at times. Folks, that's a recipe for disaster against Regis Progray. Right? Don't get over-aggressive with a knockout artist. Right? And holes too much. Let me point out something here. Progray's a southpaw. Haney's not going to be able to keep Progray outside with his left jab, right? Haney's an orthodox fighter. So Progray, who has an incentive to be front foot, 
Because understand, if you're the puncher and you're not going to wait on the boxer and you understand you're coming off a terrible performance against Zorilla, you also understand that if you are the guy throwing and landing more power shots and you're the champion, you're likely to retain your title even if the fight goes the distance. Progre has the incentive to be hyper-aggressive. Just understand that if Haney holds Progre, because Progre doesn't wind up well with Haney's jab, Progre has an incentive to keep his hands going, to continue to hit Haney to the body. If Haney holds excessively, he's going to be punished here. Right? I'm, Loma is lefty. Haney had problems with Loma, didn't he? Right? Loma's on his front foot for several rounds of that fight. Loma, a 135-pounder, doesn't hit remotely as hard as Progre does at 140. Right? Well, let's talk about the other side of the equation. And clearly there's a substantial other side of the equation if Progre is going off at these ridiculous odds. Right? Here's what the author felt were Progre's flaws. Right? Let me try to find it. This is the problem with using a phone in the middle of a live video. Okay. Progre they're claiming is going to have problems getting past a jab. Really? A southpaw who can fight out of a crouch? I'm not sure about that. Right? Fighting through the clinch. Really? The puncher is going to have a hard time fighting through the clinch? Right? Dealing with roughhouse tactics. Catching him during exchanges. Well, let me just say, I think this fight is mispriced. I think Haney's only chance of winning this fight is by decision, right? Let me point out, as I pointed out in an earlier video, the casino has, widely, has wisely made the over in the fight unbettable, right? You'd be laying greater than a minus 550 on the over. So I believe your hedge has to be Haney simply to win, right? But let's tempt fate here, folks. Progre is a live underdog. He's the champion. This is a new weight class for Haney. Progre hits harder than Haney, right? Haney is going to try to win the fight on his back foot, and Progre is not going to stay outside like George Cambosis does. Right? Pro Progre also realizes that Lomachenko gave away the fight against Haney by not coming out and being aggressive in that 12th round. Right? Progre realizes it. Understand, I feel that Haney beats Loma for the same reason. I feel that Fury beat Ngannou. Right? Late in the fight, Haney still had stamina. Loma was conserving his. Loma didn't want to go full tilt in that 12th round. When the fight was for 
Haney's title. Right? I felt Nganu in a shortened fight, it was a 10-round fight, not even a 12-round fight. I thought Nganu ran out of gas at the end of the eighth round. Folks, a round's a round. I thought Fury wins the ninth and tenth rounds, winning him the fight. Right, so here, Progre understands. Haney barely edged Loma because of how Haney finished that fight. Progre can't let that happen. Right, so, simply put, Progre's a live underdog. Right, you're getting Progre at such huge odds that you can simply take Progre to win. On the Haney side of the ledger, understand, Progre barely got edged, and I believe that's a location fight by Josh Taylor. Right, Progre has no history of having a suspect chin, and Haney isn't a big puncher. Right, so Haney's problem is going to be trying to bank the rounds against a guy coming off arguably a career-worst performance who's going to be in there throwing volume. Folks, the progre who beat Zapata would beat Devin Haney. I'm not saying Zapata is the skilled boxer. Devin Haney is. Haney's very high-skilled boxer. Right, but understand, Zapata hits a hell of a lot harder than Devin Haney. Zapata was experienced at 140 pounds. Zapata's fought people like Jose Ramirez. Right, Zapata experienced, rough and tumble fighter. In other words, as you're entering the pocket against Jose Zapata, you got to be thinking about things. Right, Progre, aggressive, comes inside, is in pursuit the whole fight. That's the progre I think shows up here. Right now, Haney isn't going to have the stardom that's going to blind judges like you have in Canelo fights. While Haney would be the home area fighter, that arena is not going to be packed. If it is, I'm wrong. If they say 20,000 people are here, okay, Dwyer was wrong, right? If you hear less than 10,000 people, you need to realize that this is not a Canelo at home dynamic, right? This is not De La Hoya fighting at Staples Center, right? So Regis Progre is a live underdog, folks. This fight is mispriced. I would hedge the play with Haney by decision. Haney couldn't knock out Lomachenko, who was right in front of him, bringing heat for several rounds. Why should I believe he's going to knock out a bigger Regis Progre? That's how I see it. I like the underdog in this fight. I can't believe he's the underdog in this fight. I like Regis Progre simply to win. I'll hedge the play with Haney by decision. Right? I take the over, but the casino has made doing that too expensive. That's how I see it on November 30th. Should be a great matchup. 
I won't be surprised if Haney gets caught and taken out. I don't have to bet Progre by KO, since Progre is a better than 2-1 to underdog. I can just take him simply to win. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Let me add one final caveat, getting back to football. You know, Jalen Hurts at home, wow, is he tough. Right, folks, he's a juggernaut at home. If he is able to beat the 49ers, where he's a big part of the game, and if they're able to do it comfortably in a game where Philly's defense doesn't get a lot of picks of Brock Purdy and it's Jalen Hurts who actually leads Philly to the victory, then at that point, to me, J Jalen Hurts would have to be in a car crash, have like a five-pick game to lose the NFL MVP. Right? Just food for thought. Uh, I have money on Brock Purdy, what Purdy needs to do. He could still win the MVP, and you got huge odds. Understand, you can hedge to people like Jalen Hurts, right? I also have some money on Lamar Jackson. But what Brock Purdy needs are games where he throws for three touchdowns and a lot of yardage. And Christian McCaffrey, who's going to split the 49er vote, isn't dominant. Right, the problem right now with the Purdy candidacy for MVP is the ascendancy of Christian McCaffrey. Anyway, that's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.